to all of our incredible clients, welcome back to Asset Management Group's Private Client Podcast. Mo, we did it. We are here. We are here. We are here. We promised We promised this version for, our, for everyone, and we're finally here. We, it took some time. It took some time to get everything set up, but we are finally, finally back to record it. Yeah, so just uh, kind of reach out to you guys and let you know that uh, we are back into a new rhythm. Today marks the first day of what will become a weekly podcast, private podcast, for all of our clients here at Asset Management Group, just like we did, but a little bit of an upgraded version, if you will, hopefully uh, better audio, visual, and all the things that go with uh, what we've been trying to deliver, which is just a premier offering from a uh, weekly podcast for you guys. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, we, we really enjoy this ability to reach out and and, and touch everyone in a way that, uh, you know, a lot of you have asked for, for more content, more inside information about how we're investing, how we see the markets, how we see the economy. And so this gives us another way to, you know, to reach out and be connected to everyone. Yeah. So just to start out with a few uh, housekeeping things so you guys can understand the cadence of the show and some other things that we're doing. Uh, Mo and I released a video, what, a few weeks ago, right, Mo? Yeah, like two weeks ago. Yeah, released a video a few weeks ago, and we talked about doing a monthly video along with the weekly podcast. So just so uh, the expectation is clear, we are going to be releasing this podcast on a weekly basis every Tuesday. Uh, But the week that we deliver the monthly recap, that week alone we will not be having the podcast. And that uh, monthly video is going to actually be set for the first Tuesday of every single month. It'll be in a video and audio version, but, um, but we won't be doing a podcast that week. So, so obviously we'll wrap it all up in the, yeah, there'll be a lot of content in that, that monthly recap. So everything that you've experienced and have been viewing and listening to for the last three weeks leading up to that podcast, you'll get that plus more for the month. Yeah, for sure. So, well, you just got back from a good week. Oh, I did. I did. (laughs) I did. So, uh, Amber and I took a well-deserved, well-deserved vacation to Costa Rica. First off, you can't say well-deserved. I have to say well-deserved. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, it was yeah. well-deserved. It was. It was. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, Amber, uh, well, you know, obviously, she spent some time in Costa Rica when she was younger. I've been to Costa Rica twice before, had a great time. First time going there was for a mission trip. Second time was going on a family vacation. So this one was a just a vacation for the two of us visiting friends and family and getting to experience more than just the the beaches more than just like a resort we actually went on a went to a farm and this is actually absolutely amazing. I don't think I've even told you this so the woman who owns a farm owns hundreds and hundreds of acres uh, of crazy. this farm like right in the like the crest of a mountain and it's a family farm that's been passed down for i think three or four generations and so this is this farm is absolutely amazing and it's a milk and cheese farm oh it's crazy. so all the, the the cows there they don't kill them for meat or anything of that sort they literally just milk them for milk to make sour cream out of it or they make cheese and they sell it to the community really yeah so it is absolutely absolutely amazing uh but it was a great trip great great trip we actually saw some whales Oh, I did see that video. video? Yeah. I did see that video. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, Amy showed me that. Costa Rica's like 
I don't know, man. I know a lot of our clients, so maybe some of our clients have visited Costa Rica, but it is. It's an incredible place. Place to escape, get away, nice. Of course, you were able to do it without the kids. That's right. Yeah, that's so that's right. a big perk, too. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's not too far. It's about a four-hour flight from Atlanta, so it's... Uh, you know, it's one of those places that we are going to continue to explore. And, you know, it's a small country, but so much to do. Oh, yeah, for right? sure. So, um, you know, the well, more we do, Well, they say it's the like uh, it's the one place you can go and experience just about all different type of climates. And, That's true. I mean, you have, you have volcanoes, you have mountains, you've mm-hmm. got beaches, you've uh, rainforest. Right. You know, you have just about every type of environment you could be in, but... Yeah, great. That's uh, that's cool, man. You know, uh, well, what did you do when I was gone? On a much uh, <laughs> non-exciting week, you know, by comparison, I uh, I battled COVID. Thanks, oh, Mo. Oh man. Oh <laughs> so, man. I'm glad yeah. we left. No, <laughs> I know. I know. No, we, you know, started the week out, and uh, t- there's so much what sinus infection, weather change, and all that stuff going on. But uh, but yeah, man, ended up with COVID. But it's okay. You know, fight through it and can't keep me down. Yeah. Had to get get past and just keep going. How you feeling now? Yeah, I feel good. Good. Feel good. Glad to be back, you good. know. So, and then uh we'll see Super Bowl. We missed the Super Bowl. We didn't get to talk about that. That's but right. We did so- again. We didn't, we ended up watching it in Costa Rica. Oh, really? Yeah, we were looking. I mean, Amber and, you know, the host family we were with just, you know, they didn't care about American football, but I did. Yeah. So I made sure that we found a place in a restaurant Gotta to watch. watch. It. We had to watch it. We yeah. had to watch it. Oh, it just so happened to be the what? The number one viewed Super Bowl. Yeah. I think in history. I think in history, yeah. It was like 123 million or something viewers. That, that makes that, that that's I can, I can totally believe that. Totally yeah. believe that. It was a great, great game, you know, for, you know, for those who are 49ers fans. Sorry about that. But it, it mean, for me, you know, diehard football fan, I thought it was, I thought it was a good game. And uh, the betting, did you see the numbers for, no, for the numbers? Um, I, I saw. That, hold on. I saw my numbers. I made four. I made four hundred bucks. Oh, there you go. On the game. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think about that? That's good investing. Yeah. Listen, hundred bucks. Hundred bucks. I actually, I had a hundred dollars in, so I made three hundred. That's not bad. Yeah. Just a, me what? and some friends had a board going. So, so you, you made three hundred dollars in what three hours? Yeah. That's not, not bad. bad. That's not bad at all. Some lawyers out there make that in and out. And so <laughs> how much money was on the game? I bet it was pretty uh, intense. I, I think the number was like, I know the gaming association was ex, uh, was expecting like $23, 26000000000 billion somewhere in that, in that range of, of money going on the Super Bowl. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. And if you look at, I think the average, I think for for, for Vegas and their, and their sports books, I think the, the average win is like less than 4%, something like that. So if you think about, you know, how much of that money was actually lost and just, you know, as earned a, by the whatever sporting books or, you know, apps oh yeah. you use to, to 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 bet, $23 billion. I mean, that is a lot of money. Taylor Swift did her job. She brought all the numbers up. She did. Viewers, gambling. It's crazy, That's man. crazy. That's I know. Crazy. I'm like, if I hear another thing about Taylor Swift right now. If I hear another thing about recession. Because uh, <laughs> when I hear $23 billion going to betting. Yeah, $23 right? billion. Yeah, people right. throwing money away. Throwing money away. Six hundred and thirty-five million on commercials. Gosh, I'm like, man, there's a, there's a lot of money being thrown around. Well, that there is. Doesn't feel or sound like a recession. No, you know. But on a on an economic talk, um, CPI numbers came out. Right. Right. Hotter than expected. So you know that's interesting because you're kind of wondering how this is going to influence the Fed's decisions. We we obviously released in the video that you and I sent out just to all of you guys literally uh, two weeks ago. We talked about you know the the Fed's comments really trying to temper the expectation of having six rate cuts. You know all it's right. just not going to happen. But they did 
they did lighten the load and said, hey, we, you know, we potentially could see three. I think there was like a, a 77% expectation that we could see a rate cut at least of 1% by November of this mm-hmm. year. Uh, but these CPI numbers and PCI numbers are, you know, not really following suit, I don't think. Yeah, I, I think I think the the expectation of that many rate cuts to, to start the year was was more aggressive than I than I even I ex- expected. Yeah, you know, markets I thought, can't price I, that. I thought in. that was way too high. You know, three three for the year, like you said, one percent by November. That sounds more realistic, but you know, inflation is just it's you know whatever for good, bad, or indifferent. You know, Powell's goal is two percent. Yeah. And it's getting really, really tough as we get to this almost to a finish line to get to a point where there's enough evidence where he can either where he can cut the rates. Mm-hmm. So the 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 sentiment of higher for longer, you know, we were hearing that sentiment what back in September of last year, give or take a couple a couple of weeks. And that sentiment has now become more and more loud. We're Maybe not rate cuts, but this high rate for just a extended period of time. Right. You know, it, it's hard because I, I think about like the effect of some of these numbers that we're talking about with CPI and on small business. You know, small businesses obviously they're, they're they have been feeling the pressure for quite some time. You right. know, and our and our economy is really built on the the foundation of small business. You know. And, and you look at these small companies, you know, they're bearing the weight of the cost of goods, the, they're bearing the weight of just general infrastructure expenses, mm-hmm. getting product from A to B, employment. fuel cost, employment cost. I mean, it's just, and, and, you know, you're, you're hoping that we get a little bit of relief by seeing some of this uh, inflation kind of pull back. Um, we'll talk about kind of our future thoughts. We, we referenced it in the video about small business, but as of right now, you know, small business sentiment is really kind of pulled back a little bit. Yeah. You know, just obviously they're dealing with a lot of pressures. And you're seeing that in the markets too. Yeah. You know, small caps um, have been struggling. Mm-hmm. have been struggling for a while now. You know, when last year when the regional banks started to, you know, fold and, you know, SVB and what recently one of the banks in New York, you know, was, uh, was on the stumbling blocks. That makes a big impact on small businesses. You know, the ability to to borrow, to um, increase inventory, to build, to Im- build out your infrastructure, to hire. A lot of it for small businesses is due to lending, mm-hmm. and so we're seeing the ripple effects with with that trending down to small businesses. And so, if you look at the, you know, what would be, the, I guess, would be the Russell two thousand, right? I mean, it is, it has struggled. You know, we will see some peaks and valleys in the last. The end of last year, we saw a nice rally from small caps, but overall, that index has just been has been it's decimated. Been and you know, some of the some of those companies, you know, when when you start looking at the landscape, aren't really that structurally sound. Um, but but again, that's why some analysts have said that small caps do lie. There's some room for growth, and with valuations being where they are right now. It could be an opportunity. It may not pan out this year, right? right. I mean, but because it's been hit so hard, an opportunity for longevity and long-term growth at the season right now for that small cap space. But you got to find the quality in there. Yeah, you've got to find the quality if you're if you're looking to expand in small caps. And it's and it's there. You know, it's it there. really is there. It's there. And you're right. I mean, I you know, I agree with you in the in the idea that it may not pan out this year, but. 
you know, we talked about the enhancement of AI technology, the implementation of this type of technology for small cap companies, and the ability for small cap companies to really be able to compete at greater levels uh, that they couldn't have prior to, you know, the, the creation of this type right. of technology. Because, you know, you're talking about uh, otherwise having to staff up mm-hmm. uh, or or create, you know, for, for industries, maybe create assembly lines or, or build out greater infrastructure expenses right. where technology now can really assist and lower the cost of operations. So uh, to your point, seeing the pressure uh, and really the, the lack of opportunity what seem what is seemingly lack of opportunity today could still present great opportunity for the next two or three years. Right. Um, so you know, small cap companies, small businesses, hang in there. You know, keep pushing, run those margins tight. We know you have to, right? Um, Investors same way. You know, that's be right. patient. Be, be patient. patient. You know, the, the the opportunity does lie there, but you might have to just be willing to suffer a little bit of pain. That's right. Right now, uh, for that ultimate goal in the end. You know who's not suffering pain? Who's that? Large cap, mega cap. (laughs) Microsoft. Now officially the largest company in the world. I've been saying this for years. Uh, I could have swore we were close. But (laughs) for some reason, they keep getting us. I know. I know. I know. Man, you know, one day we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. But uh, no, no, I've been saying it for years. Microsoft is probably the the most important company in the world. Yeah, between its enterprise, its software, its, some of its hardware, now with its investment in OpenAI, I mean, it is it's it, insane. It's insane. And so, uh, yeah, what's the, what you said? The largest market cap company? Yeah, three point one trillion. Three point one trillion. Yeah, which literally uh, is twice the size. Is that right? Let me make sure I said that right. Nearly twice the size of the entire S and P five hundred energy sector. That's absurd. Say it again. It is nearly twice wow. the size, mega cap, okay? Its capitalization is nearly twice the size of the S&P 500 energy sector as a whole. Wow. Okay? In wow. terms of annual free cash flow, Microsoft has reported an estimated $67 billion. $67 billion of free cash flow. It's insane. That means after paying, well, having the cash to pay expenses, mortgage, rent, um, uh, salaries, everything of their of of their basically of their expenses, they have that much cash flow, yeah, left. And some of some of you are invested. You know, one of the investment strategies we put together for for some of you, um, you may see it is it is an ETF called. I love the name of it. You know, I know you do too. <laughs> cash cow, cash. Uh, you may see it in your portfolio. C O W Z cows. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a this is an ETF by a company called Pacer, and the entire objective of that ETF is to invest in companies that primarily have free cash flow. Mm-hmm. And com- and if you look, if you really dig down into the holdings of that ETF, a large portion of them are energy companies because of the cash flow that they have. And so, again, value in times of turbulence and volatility and, you know, um, uh, this kind of season that we're in right now, economically, the ability to have free cash flow is huge. Yeah, it's yeah, very huge. convenient. It's very convenient. So, good job to Microsoft. Yeah, right? right. Good job to Microsoft, and hopefully, it's a it's a that that type of management shows its way throughout the market because that just shows you know they're being able to innovate, advance, and 
do good things with their money. Yeah, you know, almost think about like you go back to the energy crisis and back to the to the run of the oil days. You know, you wonder like obviously that was significant, but now we're now seeing the value and the importance and maybe how AI technology and technology in general mm-hmm. is so much maybe even more important um, than what it was during the energy sector energy crisis ultimately. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's nuts. Microsoft, go get it, I guess. You know, mammoth company and and obviously the biggest company in the world officially and, you know, doing their thing. Yeah, with these gas prices going up, maybe some of these energy companies will expand their cash flow. Because- <laughs> I know. Are you feeling the pressure at the pumps? I know I am. I'm uh, like, so I literally fueled up my truck on the way to work this morning. And uh, I'm like, man, it's. I feel like it's gotten a little bit higher. Up. It's kind of. You know, I think since uh, a month ago, it was up. It's up like 16 to 20 cents a gallon here in the state. Now, although we all naturally feel the pressure, it's still actually below what it was a year ago. Yeah. So, you know, I think uh, what we're right around uh, spring break season, travel season. Gearing up for traveling. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, supply some ref- demand. Yeah. Some some um, refiners, I guess you call them, uh, were were down uh, because of some storms, but still. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's it doesn't feel good, you know. No. And here in Georgia, you know, when you saw the, the two, two, you know, whatever it is, felt really great. Now it's three dollars and some change. It's like, man, you know that that. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, come on. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's just another example of why again, Powell, and the decisions for rate cuts. You know, until we start seeing inflation, you know, yeah. bring its bring its way down, it's it's just gonna, again, this this season of just higher rates, higher prices, for longer is just the I hate to say it, but just the new norm for now. That's right. It is. Yeah. It really is. And you know, and especially probably the norm for the year. You know, at this point, obviously, it's going to be an interesting year. We have an election year ahead of us. We all know that. Not ahead of us. We're in it. We're in it. And uh, yeah, the the clock is ticking. You know, I. There's there's so much to be thought about a year. There's a lot of data and a lot of uh, uh, conspiracy theory that that's a, that are supporting different concepts of the overall economy and the market in an election year. You know, I think uh, we talked about in the video that what what's 88 percent of the time equities are up in an election year. Right. Uh, the normal trend of the Dow anyway is uh, sluggish for the first six months, hot for the last six months. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, but we're looking forward to walking this year out with you guys. Uh, Mo, you want to mention anything? I know you talked a little bit about cash cows and our models. Do you want to throw anything out there real quick before we wrap up the show on some of the changes that we've been implementing? Just yeah. a quick reminder. Yeah, yeah. So, again, we, we do an audit uh, every year, a full-on audit every year, to just to make sure that the strategies we put together are still um, uh, the right suited for where we are in the market. But every every quarter we test it just to make sure we need to make any changes. Uh, but I'm excited to announce that we actually created our own strategy. It's an aggressive mm-hmm. allocation. Um, this is going to it's all equity, so it's an SMA uh, separately managed account. But it's all individual stocks that are looking to really outperform the market, right? right? So it doesn't really take value into consideration because sometimes value is not to get too technical, but uh, you don't want to overpay for a company, right? So you kind of look at what the value is. But when you're looking for that excessive growth or that opportunity for aggressive growth, sometimes you just take value out the window. Yeah, right? you almost and have to. You almost have you know, to because value is a buffer. It is. But when you're when you're trying, like you're saying, to keep up with, let's say, the Russell 1000 or relatively close to the Nasdaq, 
you know, you need that little higher octane. You don't right. need the buffer. Right. The protection. Right. So, yeah, so that's a new strategy we've put together. But again, some of you might start to see some changes, some trades going on inside your portfolios right now. And that's all due to us making um, some auditing changes to your portfolios to make sure that they're still fit uh, with the right direction that we see the markets going right now. You may see some new managers we've introduced uh, because of that. And, you know, one of the things as a reminder is uh, what we do every single day for you is test a plan, right? Mm -hmm. Test a plan, test the markets, test the markets, test the, the portfolios and the strategies you put together uh, for you and also look at different managers, and and look at managers and seeing how what's their approach to the market, what's their thoughts to the market, and if we see an, a manager that is really doing an amazing job, um, we introduce them. And so we, you might see some new managers inside your portfolios. That's because we've looked at them last year and saw right. uh, because we have a new, we have a real good market cycle that yeah. we can actually test right from twenty two to last year. Yeah, for sure. To really get a sense, okay, how did how did you handle the volatility? But also, how did you handle 23, yeah. where things really looked well? Um, and so, yeah, so again, over the last week and this week, and uh, I think we should probably be com we should probably be completed by uh, next week, the end of next week. We should mm -hmm. probably be completed with the entire process. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Which it, and it has. It's been a little bit. And it's a process. Yeah, it's been a, a big process, you know, yeah. for us, especially this year with yeah. with a lot of the change that we've had. Now being on a new trading platform with Charles Schwab. You know, so uh, anything else you want to you want to say before we wrap up the show? Um, we're going to talk about uh, how much time we have left, but we're going to talk about retiring early. Yeah, I and, know. I was thinking about that. Yeah. Should we? Yeah, or? I mean, I guess we could touch Should on it really it real quick? quick. Yeah, real quick. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, so the ahead. question is: is want to retire early? Just kind of a quick, fun topic. Want to retire early? What's the cost? Right. And, you know, when I'm thinking about this, obviously you and I and our team here, we work day in and day out with people that are either A, retired or right. trying to get to retirement. And many of our retirees are able to retire early. Now, early is different for everybody. Right. You know, so but we're, let's just say let's put an age to it because I think that'd be most appropriate. I'd say 65. Let, yeah. Oh, early? No. Retiring, no, retiring before 65. Oh, yeah, be before 65, right. Be considered really, yeah. Right. So, you know, we're talking about retiring, you know, late 50s, early 60s, but before you're really eligible for Medicare, you know, because that's one of the biggest troubles and struggles that people face retiring early is, is solving for health care. Health care. Uh, maybe even next week on our, on our podcast, we can talk about some things to consider. But, um, but yeah, some of the biggest struggles that I think we see, health care right. being one of them, mm -hmm. how to solve for health care. Uh, we could talk about solutions for that. Second, I think, and this is probably the most important, retirement, retiring early isn't so damaging when you're thinking about not being able to contribute. If I'm going to retire at 63 instead of 67, the cost of not being able to fund the 401k, although, yes, you're going to have less money, is not near as damaging to the long-term impact of your retirement compared to having to withdraw early. Mm -hmm. So not contributing to retirement isn't as significant compared to I got to retire early and I'm going to start the pressure of distribution early. All right. That's really, in my opinion, the biggest challenge with retiring early. Yeah, it's that pressure point, right? Between, you know, if you look at retiring early, again, depending on when it is, if it's before, at least if it's before at least 62, right. then your natural stream of income 
is not available, which would be Social Security, unless you have unless you're fortunate enough to have a pension. So we're drawing and withdrawing from our assets, um, and then not being able to, uh, like you said, not being able to contribute over that time frame is it's you know it's a big deal. But the contribution, the distribution, the pressure from your assets to fill in any income gaps that may that may arise is huge, mm-hmm. because now we're using those assets four years, four or five years prior, and we needed to not only last now, but also last in the back end. Right. And taking that kind of distribution out early on without you know, proper guidance, proper planning is huge. No doubt, 100%. And not only is it the distribution, it's the now the inability for those assets to perform. Right. You know, so we're, we're losing performance, contribution, and we're going with the negative, which is the withdrawal, mm-hmm. the distribution. So, you know, really filling that income gap void is the biggest challenge that people face retiring early which can be solved for it can right? be solved for you just got to plan for it's, it it's yeah i mean like like most things that come our way right the better we're suited and the better we're planned and prepared for we're able to weather that storm uh much more easily right and so yeah so those who are looking to retire early then you know the planning starts today yeah right? it really starts today and and making sure that we have all the adequate either accounts uh, the right investment strategy, uh, understanding the distribution strategy, uh, the healthcare riddle to solve. You know, the more we were able to address those concerns now, the better you are and the better you will be in a position to retire early. That's 100% yeah. true. 100% true. And you can enjoy a trip like Costa Rica like I did. Oh, get out of here. You're not, re- <laughs> you're not retired yet. You had to come back and go to work. I'm trying to retire early. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, one thing I want to throw out there real quick to you guys is just to remember that you know, we can test those scenarios for you. If you want to, you know, give a shot at, at trying to retire early, what does it look like? You know, what do you need to do to accomplish an early retirement? That's as simple as us planning for it, giving you some ideas, some things to consider, and really testing out what is necessary from you to be able to get to that early retirement date. That's super important, and it's something that we can do for, for our clients. Yes, um, I was thinking about one other thing that I thought was important. Damn it. Oh, it was... On the same topic. We're trying early? Yes. Okay. Well, I guess we'll save it for next week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's always next There's week. There's always next week. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, we uh, just want to thank you guys once again for being with us. We're so glad to be back. Yes. You know, with our podcast, weekly podcast. And thank you for bearing with me. I'm still have some stuff lingering. You can probably hear it in my voice. But uh, uh, from Mo and I both and our team here at Asset Management Group, thank you for being with us. Uh, for staying with us, and then also for trusting us with your savings, your retirement, your financial future. We'll talk to you next week. Awesome. Great job. Thanks. You guys are professionals. Oh, I wouldn't say that. You guys are really professionals. I think so. <laughs> I don't know. You guys, you guys do a good job at...